listening to the Faithology Podcast with John Barrett, where you'll hear great ideas, interviews, and inspiration to help maximize your spiritual growth. Hey guys, you're listening to the Faithology Podcast with me, John Baird. It's so great to have you guys tuning in. Hopefully again, if it's your first time, then you can go back and listen to the previous episodes and level up your faith because we're believing God to do great things in your life through this podcast. And guys, we're hearing great things happening because of it and God is on the move. So I hope you are with him. Guys, today I want to talk to you about this. Do you know that you are a musician? That's right, M-Y-O-U-S-I-C-I-A-N, musician. You are a musician. Now, you might be saying, but yeah, but John, I don't play an instrument, or I, I don't do anything like that. Well, I'm telling you that you are actually a musician, whether you play an instrument or not, whether you play the guitar or a bass or drums or piano or whatever the case, you are a musician, whether you play them or not. Let me prove it to you from the Bible. The Bible says that you are a musician. Romans 6.13 says this, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Guys, our life is an instrument and we are the musician. Did you get that? Our life is an instrument for God, and we are the musician who has the ability to play it right or play it wrong. You see, your life is going to be used as an instrument for good or an instrument for bad. Just like music can be used for something great or it can be used for something not so great, our life is an instrument, and we are the musician. You see, music is powerful in the Bible. There's so many examples of, of, of what music does. I mean, think about this. In the Old Testament in the Bible, guess who went out on the front lines of battle? That's right. When God's army would go out and begin to conquer the enemy, guess who God commanded to be on the front lines? You would think it would be the, the big strong warriors with a shield and a sword and a spear and all these big, you know, brawny guys out there. But guess what God ordered? He ordered for the musicians, the worshipers to be on the front lines of battle. Think about that for a minute. I mean, could you imagine going in the battle? I I couldn't think of, if I was going to put somebody on the front lines, I would put the biggest, strongest, baddest dude out there, right? But God says, I want the worshipers. I want those that are singing praise to me to be in front of the warriors. That's how powerful music was because God knew that his tribes, as his army went out to battle, that if they put God first, that if they put worship and praise at the front of the battle lines, then the battle would belong to the Lord because there is power in worship. There is power in music. And so the battle belonged to the worshipers in the Old Testament. The battle belonged to God through his worshipers in the Old Testament. Praise is powerful, God guys, our life can be an instrument of praise, of righteousness, as Romans says. I mean, think about an instrument is like a weapon. I mean, it's stronger than a sword or a javelin. It's stronger than a knife, than than any of these things. Our life 
This instrument is a weapon. Think about that with guitar. Have you ever thought about, you know, with, with heavy metal music, why they called it the battle axe, right? I mean, you, you have these uh, musicians that are playing the guitar and, and they're slashing the guitar and they're rocking and doing all this stuff, right? And what do they say? It's my battle axe, man. I'm playing the axe, dude, right? I mean, we got these like musician, the, the idea of a battle axe. Well, where does that come from? That comes from actually the Bible, because instruments were a weapon. It's a weapon of warfare. Praise is something that we use against the enemy to destroy him. Think about in folklore. I mean, we have this idea of like the Odyssey, the sirens in the Odyssey where, where they were singing this music and, and these sailors would come by and get entranced into their, their lulls and they would go and they would shipwreck onto the rocks and they would ruin their life and, and kill them and destroy them. And we think about this in, in Narnia the other day. I, we were watching that with, with our family and, you know, you've got the, um, the scene where Mr. Tumnus is in there. I think that's him. And, and he, he's playing the little tune on... On, on the little flute and, and it puts Lucy to sleep and it lures her away and all this stuff. And music is powerful. In fact, frequencies, scientifically, frequencies cause our bodies to react. Did you know that? There are certain frequencies that can cause things in your body to react. It's pretty crazy. I won't get into the details, but I mean, bowel movements and all these things, there's certain frequencies that can cause that. We have infrasonic and ultrasonic waves that are out there. And it's just incredible what these things can do. And there's thing, this thing called the mosquito frequency. My girls have this app on the phone. And what it is, is, is actually this teenager invented this. And, and he put this app out there that has these frequencies that if you're over a certain age, you can't even hear it. And it's these mosquito frequencies. And it's crazy. Our girls will put it on. And they're like, Daddy, can you hear that? And they're like screeching and they're, they're wiggling around. They're like, oh, it's hurting my ears. And I can't hear a thing. I'm like, I don't hear anything. And, and it's crazy. My wife can hear it, but I can't. And then certain frequencies they can hear and can't hear. And it's just crazy. And we've tested this out with other people and that it's pretty funny to see. But anyway, you have all these frequencies that do different things. So music is powerful. It's something that's a big deal. You know, the Bible says in Zephaniah 3.17, it says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Think about that for a minute. God rejoices over you with singing, with music, with a song. Guys, I'm telling you, music is powerful, and our life is an instrument, and we are called to be the musician who plays it for God. So we were created to make music, but here's the thing. I mean, we've got to understand how to be a great musician. We've got to understand if we're going to really maximize our life, well, then how do we become a great musician that plays the instrument of our life in a great way that makes a great difference? So I want to share with you just three things that are going to help you with this on being a great musician. Number one is this, you've got to get tuned up. Think about it. Any great musician, and I'm a musician, I do worship and I play guitar and I've written some songs and I've got some songs out there on iTunes and worship songs and all that. And every musician knows that the first thing that you've got to do is get tuned up. If that guitar is not in tune or that instrument is not in tune, it is not going to sound good. That means that we have got to get aligned with God. And you know what's interesting is there's a certain frequency 
it, I think 440 hertz is what it's at, the standard tuning, is that you've got to get lined up with that. You've got to get in tune with the right frequency. You see, you can be in tune with the wrong tuning. You can fall under the standard tuning of 440 hertz and you can go into like, you know, uh, 420 or something, right? Or 490 or 320 or whatever the case. And you can get out of tune. You can be in tune with all the wrong things. But we've got to get in tune with God, the right frequency, the standard that God sets. Francis Chan, the author, said this, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Wow. Think about that. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't matter. That means tuning your life up to the wrong frequency. You see, guys, when we get in tune with the wrong thing, we start playing the wrong music. But when we get in tune with God and his standard and his calling, we begin to maximize our effectiveness and our impact in all that we do. We were created to make music, but guys, we can get out of tune easily. You see, we can get bumped and get out of tuning. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I, I, I had a guitar and I was tuning it and I was in tune. I remember the first time I ever dropped a guitar and it fell over and I picked it back up like, oh good, it's not broke. And I went to play it and it was all out of tune. That's right, because when it fell over and hit the ground, it bumped the whole tuning out of tune. And see, in life, that's what happens to us. If we get bumped and we allow things to knock us and jar us out of tune, then we're going to get all messed up in our life. We've got to choose to stay tuned. That means that we can't allow the bumps in life to lose our tuning into what God is calling us to do. We've got to understand that we have got every day that we wake up, we've got to tune up. Every day you wake up, you got to tune up in what you're doing. You see, just like a musician, the first thing that we do when we get our band together and we begin to write music and, and play music and lead worship, the first thing that everybody does, guess what, is tune up. That's the first step. You always start with tuning up. And I want to tell you that the day when you start your day, you should start it with getting in tune with God, not CNN, constant negative news, not Fox News, not all this stuff that's coming at you and, and all this negative junk. No, no, no. You, get, you need to get in tune with the right frequency. You need to get in tune with God. You need to get in tune with the things that are going to begin to pump life into you for the day. You mean you get one shot at this to start your day off right. Start it off right. Get in tune. I love this poem by Gil, uh, Guy Gilchrist. It's the keeper of the keys. Let me read it to you. It says, you are the keeper of the keys. You are the guard at the gate. Waiting in line to get through that door is love and also hate. In line to enter is gentle peace and also violent war. You must choose who may and who may not come through the door. Intolerance tries to sneak on through on wings of fear or pride. It hides behind dreams of belonging and tries to sneak inside. Oh, be alert. You're the guard who decides who goes and who may stay. You are the keeper of the keys to your mind. Who will you let in today? 
I love that. You see, every day, guys, that we wake up, we have a choice. We're either going to get in tune with God and the right things, or we're going to get in tune with anger, bitterness, tiredness, laziness, something that happened on the news or some email that we got or some bad news or they woke up on the wrong side of the bed or the kids are a little fussy or whatever the case. We could wake up every morning and we can choose to get in tune with God and begin to create beautiful music with our day but we've got to choose to stay in tune, okay? So that's the first one. If you're going to be a great musician in your life, you got to get in tune. Let me read to you Hebrews 12, chapter 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For... For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Guys, get in tune every day. In the morning, wake up, get in tune every morning. All right, number two is this. You've got to get your cords. So number one, get in tune. Number two, if you're going to be a great musician, get your chords. First thing that you got to do when I'm teaching people how to learn a guitar or an instrument is to teach them their chords. If you can't learn your chords, you're never going to be able to create music. It's one thing to pick out jingle bells or happy birthday on the guitar with one note. Bam, 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 bam. It's a whole nother thing to actually play chords. Anybody can get up and just kind of pick a few notes, but it's those that can play chords that begin to put together great music. And we all have a unique set of chords to use. It's just like there's all kinds of different keys on an instrument. I mean, you got all kinds of different keys, the key of A, the key of C, the key of B, the key of D, the key of E. You've got all these different keys to choose from in order to write a song. And you've got to choose what key you're going to be in in order to write a song. Well, just like that, we all are very unique. We all, our lives all have different chords, a set of chords and, and, and a key that we're in. And you've got to get in tune with that. You've got to understand the chords that God has given you to use to create beautiful music. Psalms 96.1 says this, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. You see, something unique from you. You see, God wants you to wake up every day and sort of sing a new song. Sing something special that's coming from your heart, something that that you have. Listen, don't undervalue what you have. Too many people wake up every morning and they think, I don't have any chords. I don't have anything beautiful in my life. I mean, nothing's going to be able to be created great out of my life. No, no, no. Don't undervalue that. God won't give you more if you undervalue what he already gave you. Let me say that again because you need to hear that. God won't give you more if you undervalue what he already gave you. Listen, guys, you have got gifts, talents, and you have purpose. And you've got to understand that whatever you've got, God is wanting to use. Don't ever make the excuse of, oh, I just don't have enough. Oh, I need more. Or if I could just get that. Or if I could just get here, then I'll really be used for God. No, you have got what you need for what it is that you need right now but you've got to be faithful to use it. Listen, Zechariah said this, don't despise the day of small beginnings. 
in the Bible. I love that. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Jesus said, when you're faithful with the little, he will give you the increase. He will give you more. So you've got to understand that God gives us abilities in embryonic phase. I mean, they just come as like a little baby. Listen, we just had our baby, Isaiah. He's doing great. He's doing awesome. But you know what? He started off not as a baby. He didn't start off as that. No, he started off as just a little a little embryo, just a little tiny embryo that was growing and growing and growing over nine months in my wife's belly until he came out into this world. You see, God gives us opportunities like that. He doesn't just hand us the the silver platter and say, here's everything you've ever wanted in life. Here you go. You got it now. And us go, wow, because we couldn't handle it. We have to learn to grow into it. We don't go to success. We grow into success. So you have to understand that God has given you what you need, but it's in an embryonic form. You have to be faithful to use it, to work it, to grow it, to develop it, to nurture it, and be faithful to take it and be, be, be um, what's the word I'm looking for? To be excited about it and to be faithful with it and to be in a way that you say, you know what, God, I am grateful for it. When you're grateful for it, God will give you more. But if you are ungrateful of what you've already got, why do you think God's going to give you more? Be faithful with what you have, guys, and God will provide the increase. You have got cords in your life that you need to start strumming for God. You have got a business that you need to start. There is a skill that you need to use. There's a job out there. There's a position out there. There's an opportunity out there. There is something in you that God has put in there to be used for the great good of his kingdom. But guys, never undervalue what it is that you've got. And don't ever think you don't have something because you do, but be faithful in it. Some of you, you've been faithful and you're thinking, but why is it not growing? Why am I not where I wanted to be? Why is it not here? Why is my business not at this level? Why is my, my skill not at this level? Why am I not making the impact that I wanted to make? Listen, don't get frustrated. Be faithful to continue to use it with everything you got and God will begin to provide bigger increase, but you've got to be faithful. Start small and God will bring the big. So number one, get in tune. Number two, get your cord. Start using what God has given you. Number three is this, get your rhythm. I get rhythm when you get the blues. All right, sorry, it's a little Johnny Cash song. All right, you've got to get rhythm in your life, all right? Everything works in rhythm. Listen, you can be in tune, you can play all the right chords, but if you are out of rhythm, my friend, it is going to sound terrible. There is nothing worse than being out of rhythm. It's just chaotic. It doesn't make sense. It sounds horrible to us. It's very important that we stay in rhythm. If you can't play in rhythm, you're not going to maximize the music that you can make with your life. Listen, everything works in rhythm. Think about it. The heart the heart is, is in rhythm, and when it gets off rhythm, arrhythmia, right? When it gets off rhythm, we have major health issues. When our life, when our heart begins to skip beats and it begins to uh, uh, begin to get off of the rhythm that God intended it for it to be, it can create all kinds of damage in your body. Listen, the seasons move in rhythm. We have summer, and we have uh, fall, and winter, and spring, and we go through these cycles, and these cycles are there for a reason. Listen, music is in rhythm. If you play out of rhythm, it's going to be bad. We play with a metronome with our band. That's a little click track that just goes click, 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 
right in our ear all throughout on Sunday morning with our worship team. And when I go travel and we record music, we play with a click track. Why do we do that? So that we stay in perfect rhythm. We never slow down or speed up. You see, our life needs to be in rhythm of work and rest. Did you hear that? You have got to operate in rhythm, in work and in rest. And I want to tell you that most people don't get enough rest. They're not Sabbathing, if you will, like the Bible says. Their life is out of rhythm. They are going 127 miles an hour, and they are so imbalanced, and they are so out of control. They don't know what's up or down, and their life is getting out of rhythm, and it's causing all kinds of issues. Listen, when did Jesus, when was he tempted? When did Satan tempt Jesus? It was when he was in the wilderness, when he was tired and weak. That's when he came out. And we don't see Satan tempt Jesus any other time in scripture except when he was in the wilderness. Why is that? Because the Satan will tempt you the most when your life is out of rhythm, when you're not getting rest and you're not getting the proper downtime to recover. Listen, when you do that, the enemy is going to tempt you and it can be disastrous in your life. You see, we have got to understand the Sabbath. Listen, Exodus 20, 8 through 10 says this, remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Six days you should you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. I love what Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said, Sabbath gives the world the spiritual energy it needs to exist for another six days. I like that. You see, you can't have peace until you learn how to release. Did you get that? You can't have peace until you learn how to release. And you release by having downtime. Now, I'm not here to argue about if the Sabbath should literally be on Sunday and all that kind of stuff and and, and the six days on and, and one day off and all that. I'm not here to argue the exact time frame. But what I am here to do is challenge you to say this. Are you practicing some sort of a Sabbath in your life? Something that is giving you proper rest to sit back. You know what the Sabbath was? The, the God initiated the Sabbath because his children, his people, were beginning to find their worth in, in the bricks that they produce. When the uh, um, Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, their worth was based on how many bricks they could produce. And when they couldn't produce, the Egyptians would beat them and even kill them because they didn't. And they began to all of a sudden lose their identity now. And instead of being the worshipers they needed to be, they were just working. They weren't worshiping, they were working, working, working. And you can't blame them, they were in slavery and that. But God basically initiated a Sabbath to say, guys, you need to understand that your worth is not about your bricks. It's about your life of worship and your love and dedication to me. And he wanted them to practice the Sabbath rest so that they could begin to find the purpose of what they were called to do. And later, of course, God delivered his children and these things. But, but I want to I challenge you that, that you need to find a Sabbath in your life. You need to make sure that you're resting and recovering, that you operate in this oscillation, in this rhythm of work hard and recover hard. That makes sense? Work hard, but recover hard. 
You need to have downtime. You can't have peace until you learn how to release, how to let things go, how to take a break, how to rest. Listen, at the end of your life, guys, you're not going to wish you spent more time in the office. You're not going to wish that you cleaned up that kitchen one more time. You're not going to go, man, I just wish my garage was cleaner. Man, I just wish I did a few more loads of laundry and kept the house nicer. You're not going to be thinking that stuff. At the end of your life, you're going to be thinking, did I spend my life doing what God called me to do in loving the ones that God called me to love? That is what's going to matter to you. Nobody looks back on their deathbed at their life and says, oh man, I just wish that I would have went to the office and did some more overtime. Of course not. They're thinking, I wish I would have left a little bit early when I could because I could have spent that time with my family and I could have done what the Lord was calling me to do in every aspect of my life, not just one when I was at work. So I want to challenge you guys. Make sure that you are getting in rhythm in your life. We could spend a lot of time here, guys, because most people are out of rhythm. Their life is out of control on the crazy train and they are just going and going and going. I want to challenge you. What does that look like for you? I want to ask you right now, are you in balance of work and rest, of Sabbath and worshiping and working in all these things? Are you in that rhythm? Right now, I just want you to assess your life and say, am I that? Am I operating in a way where I can truly say that my life is really in that balance? It's in that equilibrium of of working and yet worshiping the Lord and, and being able to do what God's called me to do, but also rest the way that God's called me to rest. Are you there? So guys, today... My challenge is this, is that you are a rock star, man. You are called to be a musician that is using your life as an instrument of worship and righteousness for God, but it's up to you guys. Three things to remember. Number one, get tuned up every morning. Let me challenge you and let me ask you this. What are your mornings consisting of right now? When you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Get coffee. I know that's some of you. Some of you guys are like, first thing I do is uh, fall out of bed onto the floor. All right. I mean, what is it that you're doing? What's the first thing you do? And I want to challenge you. One of the first things that you should do when you wake up in the morning is give praise to God and thanks for the day. That's right, in advance, by faith, I wanna challenge you. When you wake up in the morning, I don't care if you were startled out of bed because the kids, I don't care if you just happen to wake up or whatever, you got a lot of rest, you didn't get a lot of rest, you're tired, doesn't matter. Whenever you wake up from that alarm clock or maybe your body just getting up, I want you to stop and the first thing that you do is say, God, thank you for another beautiful day. Thank you for a day, God, that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, guys, to rejoice is a choice. You don't wake up and say, well, I'll I'll rejoice as long as everything goes well. No, you choose to rejoice. It's a choice to rejoice in the morning. So you wake up and you say, God, here I am. You know, there's some people that wake up and, and there's two kinds of people. that People that wake up and say, good Lord, it's morning. And then there's other people that say, good morning, Lord right? Which one are you? Good Lord, it's morning or good morning, Lord. Which one are you? So I want to challenge you. Wake up, give praise to God. Just say, God, thank you for a day. Thank you for an opportunity. You're going to do great things in my life. Let me be in tune. Let me get aligned with what you want. Number two, get your cords, guys. Use your life. Use your skills, your strengths, the opportunities that God gave you to make a difference. Never undervalue what you've got. So every day that you go to work, every day that you're with your family or you're by your yourself, whatever you do, say, God, use me in a way that I can 
make beautiful music for you today. So number one, wake up, get tuned up. Number two, get your chords, get ready to be used for God with your skills and your talents. Number three, get in rhythm. Guys, I want you to assess your life. I want you to say, am I in rhythm and what do I need to do to get there? Maybe you need to start going home a little bit earlier. Maybe you need to wake up a little bit earlier and spend some time with your family instead of sleeping in to the very last second. Whatever it is, maybe you got to say no to a few things that are calling your name that are, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? Listen, I'll be honest with you. I make a lot of people frustrated in my life. That's right. As much as I'm trying to make an impact, I frustrate just as many people. You know why? Because I say no to many, many things. Because I've got people in every direction pulling on me saying, John, can you help with this? John, can you come over here? John, can we get you for this? John, can you come over and help out? Hey, John, I got a question. Hey, John, what about this? Hey, John, hey, hey. And I have people all the time in many situations saying, John, hey, come do this. Come help me. Come here. Come here. And I've got to be able to say for the sake of my family and rhythm in my life and say, you know what? I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do it. So you've got to understand, guys, sometimes you just got to say no. You got to protect what's valuable in your life, and you've got to learn how to protect that. All right, so get in rhythm. I want to challenge you with those three things. Guys, and I believe that if we can begin to do this, we're going to become that musician that we need to be. We're truly going to wake up every day, and you know what? Not that every day is going to be perfect and go our way and all these kind of things, but every day we can sit down at, at the end of the night and say, you know what? I did my best at this gig today. I gave it my all. I played my heart out. I did everything I could so that I could make a difference. I was in tune as much as I could. I didn't allow myself to get bumped out of tune by the person who cut me off or the boss who did this or the situation here or the financial situation that happened today. I'm not going to let it bump me out of tune. I'm going to stay tuned up with God and lined up with him. And then you begin to say, God, I'm going to use the chords. And God, thank you so much that I played my heart out, that I did what you called me to do today. Guys, Thanks so much for listening to the Faithology Podcast. Make sure you let other people know about it. Guys, check out my resources at my blog, johnbarrettblog.com, and make sure that you get connected and you get tuned up to what God wants you to do. Guys, we'll see you next time here at the Faithology Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Faithology Podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit his website at www.johnbarrettblog.com.